You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are right now in the second installment of our series entitled 10, Perfect Law, Perfect Love. The perfect love of God that places order in our lives, our relationships, and our world. But behind the perfect law is also the perfect love of God, which is the very motivation behind His commands. And the reason why we are motivated to do the commands of God, because we are what? Empowered by the love of God. It is not our way into the heart of God that we need to adhere to the commands of God in order for God to love us and approve of us. We are approved by God and loved by God. Thus, we're empowered to do the commands of God. Amen. How many of you here are thankful that this morning you don't have to prove anything, you don't have to perform to be accepted by God? But God has accepted us, thus we can what? Perform and do the things that God has called us to do. At the end of the series, we will have a better view of God's love for all of us, leading to a life of obedience to Him. And we can really help but obey the Lord because of what He has done in us, for us, and through us. This is why I am thankful for this opportunity because the Ten Commandments are a summary of God's unchanging moral law. These commandments were first given in the written form to the people of Israel when they were in camp at Sinai about 50 days after they came out of Egypt. And after that, some of us probably are more acquainted with the Ten Commandments. We do understand the law. And we have been raised in a religious culture where you just have to adhere to what the law states. But we don't know really the context that it was given to the people of God because of the proof of God's faithfulness. It was God who what delivered them from Egypt. Thus, if you are delivered and you are free from what holds you, you can help but adhere to the commands of the person that has given the what? The instruction. And a lot of us were, uh, are only familiar with instruction, but we don't have any idea. The reason why God gave the instruction, because the people of God witness how powerful God is. This is not just an isolated event where God, because of how powerful He is, He wants us to follow what He wants. It is coming from a context. Say the word context. If you do understand the context that it was an instruction after their deliverance, you will be amazed that indeed there's no other way but to follow this God because He's amazing, He's powerful, He's good. Amen? And I realize that for the past few months, I have observed that indeed I've been really blessed by the Lord in my transition here. It's not easy. But one of the stories that my friend uh, uh, shared to me was a story of how we go about our responses towards how... Uh, the Lord has been so good to us. And I realized that this story that I'm about to share was a story of a friend of mine who told me that indeed okay, has been uh, ringing in my mind because it is a summary of how I would go about loving God based on how He has loved me. And he started with a story that indeed if you want to quantify and measure how much you love God, you have to go back in your understanding of how much He loves you. And a lot of us, we are bragging about our love for God. But have we brag about God's love for us? Because at the end of the day, our responses comes from the byproduct of how much God loves us. This is why about a week ago, I want to thank Pastor Ariel for laying the foundation that there is no other God, only the Lord. Today, we'll talk about idolatry. The human heart is an idol or idol factory. John Calvin, a famous theologian, says that 
each and every person are designed to worship something. Whether you like it or not, you don't want to worship God, you don't want to worship the God of this universe, you will end up worshiping something because you're designed to worship something. All of us have a propensity to make a God of anything or what I call functional savior, a God substitute. If God is not the center of your solar system, there will be something or someone that will rule and reign your life. This is why we are prone for what? for uh, this temptation to worship idols and functional savior. What is a functional savior? A functional savior is what we turn to functionally to satisfy our desires other than Christ. A functional savior would always promise that it has what it takes to satisfy you, but only in Christ we're satisfied. A functional savior would always tell you that I will deliver what I can deliver, but only in Christ that we can receive what we're believing God for. There is no one in this world that can deliver what only Christ can deliver. This is why without us really assessing and evaluating if we have idols in our hearts and we think that an idol is an erected uh, golden statue and you might be uh, possibly accurate to, uh, be, be ac uh, or you're accurate with your uh, probably understanding of what an idol is, but that is more than just having a figure or a statue that you can worship. An idol comes from uh, really... Uh, making something into an ultimate thing that displaces God from the picture. This is why uh, some of us, our picture of an idol is this uh, statue. And please don't be offended if you are a worshiper of an idol because at the end of the day, we have um, to really deliver the message that people do worship statues like this. Some of you here, you worship amulets because this is where you der derive your security that if you have an amulet, it will make you safe. But I'm telling you right now, Okay, no amulet, nothing in this world that can make you safe, uh, only in Christ alone. This is why it can be a functional savior. Some of you here, you are uh, into sports, and probably this person can be your functional savior. I don't know if, uh, and congratulations, okay, this morning, can we give them a, uh, the GSW, uh, uh, really fans, can we give them a hand? But we'll see if you will survive, okay, the Cavaliers, my team, okay? <laughs> Kidding aside, okay? At the end of the day, we, we, we really um, at times uh, watch for people and when they're criticized, uh, at times we get offended. Why? Because whether you like it or not, there was something in your, there is something in your system that causes you to adhere and watch for this person. That can be an indirect functional savior. Uh, we would even go out of our way to call this guy an idol. Am I correct? This is why there's really a propensity for all of us to idolize something and probably... Uh, derive life and security from someone or something. This is why it is important that we need to what evaluate our hearts before we end the day. We can be free from these idols if we do understand really what the passage in the Bible has to say. But as I dive into the message, I want us also to be reminded if you are not an athlete, you're not into gods and goddesses and amulets, probably this is your idol. Okay? And some of you here are familiar with this ad for the past few years. It promised that is what an idol does. It promises freedom. But it will and it cannot deliver. In fact, this is what it can deliver. Slavery. That you're imprisoned with your own idol. Because an idol wants to be what? Wants to be patronized. A functional savior cannot deliver and will control, will fail, will destroy your soul. How can we be free from all the idols? And as we read this passage and open our Bibles in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 17. Before we dive into the passage this afternoon, are you enjoying your time here? Just nod your head. You don't have a choice. Um, chapter 20, 
uh, before we dive, I would want to clarify something because I, I was once a Catholic. I love uh, people that are from that side. I, I was once an altar boy for the very reason that after uh, my responsibility, I would go behind okay, uh, the altar so I can have a sip, a sip of mompo. Okay? That was my story. Okay? If, you're, if you're familiar with that, it's, it's uh, an amazing experience as well. It changed my life. Okay? <laughs> Having said that, indeed, I, I love Catholics, but I want to clarify something because a lot of people are confused of, of the uh, evangelical Bible and the Catholic Bible. The Catholic Bible is something uh, that states uh, the Ten Commandments, but there is uh, uh, really uh, something that uh, at times we overlook. Okay? If you check the whole um, Ten Commandments of the Catholic Bible, the first one, I'm the Lord your God, you shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. But there is a problem right here because this is not what... Okay, um, uh, the, the translation from, a, uh, from the biblical law that it says right here, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Number three, remember to keep, the holy, uh, keep holy the Sabbath day, honor your father and your mother. If you take a closer look, many Bible-believing Christians don't realize that the Roman Catholic Church version of the Ten Commandments is different from the biblical version used by evangelical Christians. The Roman Catholic revision is obvious. The Vatican eliminates the Second Commandment against idolatry. Again, this is not to demean the Catholic faith. I love uh, uh, people from that side, but I hope you do understand that our goal here is to present to you the gospel accurately based on its original context. This is why the Vatican eliminates the second commandment against idolatry and subdivides the 10th commandment against covetousness in order to keep the number of commandments at 10. So they divided okay, the last uh, commandment, okay, which speaks of uh, covetousness, into two parts. And that's, uh, you shall not covet your neighbor's uh, wife, you shall not covet your neighbor's goods. And I want to just bring this to your attention because I want us to go back to its really original context, which is really from Exodus chapter uh, 20, verse 1 to 17. Are you ready to read right now? Yeah. Verse 1, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth you shall not bow down to them or serve them for I the Lord your God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me verse 6 but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments verse 7 you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your works, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughters, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the... Okay, I'm having a hard time as, as well pronouncing that, so I'll I, I let you do the talking, okay? Who is within your gates? For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the Sabbath day, or the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. In verse 12, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female, ser female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is in your neighbor's. Can we just take this time right now to bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, we dedicate this moment to you. We ask your Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts. I pray right now, God, that we will come to a place that there is no one, Lord, that we want to worship and honor. 
and glorify and serve. We want to serve you, Jesus, and we want to thank you for this opportunity that each and every person will absorb your message, Lord God, it will change the way we live our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love what the Bible says, that at the end of the day, the reason why we can love God, uh, God because He first loved us, the law is not the motivation. And some of us here, growing up in a, re- a religious culture, that every time we would want God to approve of us, we would always go back to following the commandments of God. Remember that the law is not the motivation. The great I am is the reason. The reason why we're doing what we're doing because we're motivated by the love of God, a response to His love for us. This is why if you're struggling understanding God's love for you, it's hard to follow the commandments of God. This is my prayer for all of us that as we dismiss and we, 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 we start our week right, that you will experience God's love for you because you can never do things without understanding that God loves you so much and nothing can change the mind of God. Isn't it amazing? That though we're faithless, God will remain faithful. That though at times we, we, we make mistakes, God is consistent. And when you do understand how God feels for you, you will be forever changed. This is why it is important that we always invest more than just following the commandments of God, that we invest in our understanding that God loves us so much. So what is the motivation? The ultimate motivation of obeying the Ten Commandments is not out of fear because of punishment, not to receive a blessing, in fact. Thus we obey, but because of love. God loves us and we love Him. He gave us these laws for our own benefit. This is why, okay, I'm not here to ask you if you have an idol. Because whether you like it or not, all of us have idols in our hearts. For some of you here, probably you might decline. I don't have an idol. Probably externally. But deep in your heart, there's, there's something that you desire to appease. Something that you do in order for you to what? Okay? To find approval. This is what I want you to ask yourself. Okay? What you habitually think about that will get you joy and comfort in the privacy of your heart is your idol. At the end of the day, there's nothing wrong enjoying uh, what life has to provide. But if this is something that you bask and you enjoy more than your relationship with God, that is your idol. Let me bring it to your clo- uh, closer. If you're always angry, you know your idol? Control. You're out of control, thus you're what? Angry. You don't have to erect an altar and worship and bow down to a God. If you are f- really uh, are always, okay, um, living a life that you need to be significant, therefore, your idol is what? Approval. You want always to what? For, for people to approve of you, but I want to remind you that you, you, you can never walk in satisfaction of people's approval. Only Christ can approve of you. There are a lot of idols in our hearts that causes us to do things at times beyond our wildest dream. We do things and we are at times surprised. Why am I doing these things? Because there is an idol that wants to be serving your heart. If you're fighting for what? For a place, a spot. Uh, I have nothing against going up in a corporate ladder to be an executive. There's nothing wrong with that. God wants to promote you. If that is more important than your relationship with God, I mean, you have an idol of what? Of power. There are a lot of things in our hearts that we can uh, indeed say that has displaced us from our relationship with God. Because without us knowing it, this has become our functional saviors. Or Savior, things that we derive joy temporarily. But Christ alone can give us the affirmation, the approval, the acceptance that we so desire. This is why idolatry is what provokes the jealousy of God. This is why God is jealous. And if you're telling me right now, Pastor, are you telling me God is jealous? Isn't that a negative word? 
I will explain further. But before we explain why do we have a jealous God, I want to go back to that passage in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. It says right here, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. When the Lord chose the people of Israel and saved them, when from uh, them from slavery, a sacred covenant was established. Okay, in fact, it was a relational covenant. And because of this covenant that God introduced himself, I am the Lord your God. Out of about 250 million gods all over the world. And all of these gods would always require you to do something for them. But the, the God that we have, the God that we serve, the God of the Bible, okay, before he instructed okay, his people to do something for him, he introduced himself, I am the Lord your God. He was simply saying that I am your God. Why? He has to introduce himself that he is powerful. And because God is powerful, he was simply saying that you can latch on me. You can hint your identity in what I can do. Do you understand this? You have to know the identity, the personality, and who God is so that you will have what a level of confidence to lean on him when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. That's not in the Bible. I help you care. That's not, okay? But... In the same manner, God is simply saying, I am yours and you are, you are, that's a song, okay? But if you take a closer look, that's the covenant that we have with God. This is the reason why making God your top priority is a response to a covenant. You know why you can make God your top priority? Because in the eyes of God, you are His priority. So if you want to grow in worship and understanding, that there's no other God, the first thing that you need to understand is that God is your top priority. When it comes to worshiping God, He is your priority. He's not just number one because we told you so. The reason why you're making God number one because you are number one in His eyes. This is why God is simply saying, the reason I am introducing myself, revealing myself, that there should be no other gods before me because this is not because I'm insecure that I want you to embrace what I have to offer. God is simply saying, making me number one will prevent you from entertaining other idols. And somebody has approached me, Pastor Ryan, is God number one in your life? My answer is yes, but he's also number two. He's also number three. Let me bring it to you closer because we're familiar that, uh, of that uh, idea that God should be number one, your wife should be number two. I, I, I beg to disagree. Because when it comes to my relationship with God, God is number one, okay? And God and my wife is number two. My kids, God and my kids. My career, my profession, my ministry, God is always there. Because if you don't establish God in the nooks and crannies of your life, whether you like it or not, an idol will conquer it. God should be everywhere. This is why in everything that we do, God should be our top priority because if God is not your priority, you will adhere and you will move to another idol that you can stay faithful to. This is why it is a must that God should be, okay, should be your priority because if you don't allow God to occupy every nook and cranny of our hearts, an idol will. This is why from Tim Keller, okay, a Presbyterian pastor says, idolatry, and he said, idolatry happens when we take good things and make them ultimate things. So nowadays, you don't have to erect a statue. There are certain things that would want to compete with God. 
For some of us here, it's valid. We love our children. But at times, your devotion to your children okay, is way off than your relationship with your God. That you eventually would discover that you have child idolatry. Because you're amazed with your, your children and your, your husband and your, or your wife. I mean, these are good things. But I'm telling you right now, you want to grow your relationship with your husband or your wife? Grow your relationship with God. Because everything that you receive from God is what you can give to your spouse. Everything. This is why the enemy would want to establish certain great things that will rob your attention from God. The enemy will not reveal okay, something that looks evil and demonic and satanic. The, the enemy will not do that. He will capitalize on certain good things. Money. He will use that. Your hobby. He will use that. In fact, there are people in church that are worshiping their ministry. Not God. You can come to church and worship the ministry. In fact, you can come to church and worship the creation than the creator. In fact, if God has blessed you money, you will worship the provision more than the provider. This is why we need to make God as our top priority from sports to entertainment, from marriage to parenting, and from your dreams to your desires. These are good endeavors, but should not replace God as your priority. The reason why we can prioritize God because He has prioritized us. The Bible is clear. We love because He first loved us. So my encouragement to all of you is that desire to be loved by God. Because most of the time, we're proud that we, we, we love God. We go crazy about who God is. When was the last time, just like what I mentioned five minutes ago, when was the last time you bragged about your love for God? And, and not just your love for God, you bragged about God's love for you. Because more than anything else, everything that you will be doing, yes, you're coming to church because somebody goes with you. But when was the last time you can honestly say in your heart that I love God because He loved me? I'm not just a Christian because my family is a Christian. I'm not just a Christian because my, my husband is a Christian. I'm not just a Christian because my pet is a Christian. We are a follower of Christ because we know that Christ prioritizes us. This is why God is simply saying that you shall have no other gods before me. That was uh, the first commandment. The first commandment states that we need to worship God and God alone, God above all. The second commandment says that we need to worship God in this manner, that we don't invite other gods and goddesses side by side, where we want to appease everybody. The Bible states that God is a jealous God. So a lot of people I know in order for them to enjoy life and to entertain good luck is to entertain other gods. Para, okay, I'm good with everybody. Okay, that mindset will ruin your, will destroy you. This is why a lot of people would always tell me, Pastor Ryan, I'm not a worshiper of God, but I want a copy of how how of the image of God. Can I buy a statue to 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 represent God or or a picture in my pocket to represent God? You're, you're, you you don't understand the Bible. Remember, the Bible states that all of us are created in the image of God. You don't need a representation. The person beside you, for now, he doesn't look like God. And he is not God. But that person is created in the image and likeness of God. Whether you believe it or not, you face the mirror after we're done here and you, you will feel depressed of how you look like. And, and you can, sorry. And, and, but, but God's love for you doesn't change. Because you're, you're a representation of the image of God. So, 
If you, if you miss God, just look at yourself. Do you, do you understand this? You might not believe this, but God loves you so much. He's interested with you. There is nothing and no one in this world that can change the mind of God when it comes to how He loves you. How many of you here has uh, experienced that somebody approached you and, and told you about something about somebody that it has tarnished the way you look at an individual? God is not like that. That if you discourage God from loving somebody, He won't, he won't, he, he won't change His mind. That's how decided God is when it comes to loving you. This is why it is important to be reminded that man was asked. In fact, God created man to be in His image and likeness. And man was asked by the creator, or creator to rule over and not be ruled over by the creation. But with the way I see things, most of the things that God has blessed us with has been our God. If you look at the context of how God designed man, God wants man to rule over the creation. Amen. Isn't that a great responsibility? Because you are God's extension of how you can bless this planet. And the commandment, Number two says and states right here, you shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in water under the earth. And a lot of us here are saying, no, this, this law is something that I don't even agree with because gone are the days that we carve images. But I want you to understand that more than just the carved images that you have in your mind right now externally, there are times we need to be forewarned that we carve images of pride in our hearts. We carve certain things that we adhere to. And there are certain things that, that we patronize and we worship. And you, you, you can uh, really distinguish these things because this is just like what I've mentioned. You derive your joy and your happiness that if I have the money, I can smile. If you're here right now and your happiness is based on the money in your pocket, you have an idol. We don't have to talk about it. You have an idol. And I'm not against you. And the reason why you're here because God wants you to be present so that God can what? Can work and deal with your heart. Because God loves you so much that He wants you to progress. That you'll come out of this life strong and a worshiper of God. Man, think about this. If you are a worshiper of God with, with 101% of passion and commitment, 60 days ago, let me ask you this question. 60 days ago, if you've given your all, you're a worshiper of God, you've, you've read your Bible to the max, you are a different person now. You want a be better two, three months from now? You have to make a decision that God should be my top priority. I will serve Him, worship Him, and give my life to Him. So it is important to remind ourselves that a functional savior or an idol are not just erected objects or statues. There are a lot of idols in our hearts that can displace God from the picture. So if you want to grow in worship of who God is, more than just making Him our top priority, worship, just like to remind you, demands fidelity. God says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. There is no one like me. Isn't it amazing that there is no one like him and he opted for people like us? Let me ask you this question. What do you think God can get from having a relationship with you?
Honestly, if I want to have a business partner, I want somebody who's better than me. If I want somebody to work for me, I want somebody better than anyone else. But have you given it a thought, why would God go out of His way to partner with you? In fact, in partnering with you, there are more liabilities than what He can gain. But because of His love for you and me. I don't know if I shared a story right here of asking my four-year-old son to clean my black leather shoes and I asked him to apply the kiwi wax. Did I say it right? And I asked him to apply it, but little did I know that he, he, he can't really decipher a, an instruction. He is four. So he plays the wax outside and inside. <laughs> but I'm telling you one thing. The next few months, next few years, he will do it again. Not because he's not getting it, because I love him. When you love a person, you involve him in what you're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, God can save this world overnight. And the reason why it is stalling, because of your involvement, but because he loves you so much, he wants to take you in. He wants to receive you. This is why he is simply saying, this is about you and me. That I am yours, you are mine. In order for us to be faithful, loyal, devoted, and committed, we need to fully comprehend how high, how deep, and why God's love for us. Isn't that a message of how God wants to communicate His love in a three-dimensional way? He wants you to experience it. It is not just an idea or a message that you would want to be excited of. After we're done with this message, I will pray for you that you will have an intimate moment with God, that you will and understand God's love for you. Remember that God's love, the reason why it is special, because it is exclusive. And I don't know. And I have asked people this question time and time again, that God wants to be exclusive with you, with no one else. This is why a relationship with God is customized and personalized. Let me ask you a question. How many married people in the house, in this room, married? If you're thinking twice and you feel depressed, you are. Birulang, <laughs> and 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 this is important. I want to ask you this question for just discussion purposes. Uh, if you're married, I want to ask you this question, or in a relationship, or it's complicated. Okay, both ways. Will you allow your spouse to be with someone intimately for five minutes in a week? Five minutes. Will you allow? Why five minutes? Come on now. Let's 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 bring it for four minutes. Three minutes. Okay, just a touch. Nobody, because this is not just the amount of time. You're fighting for exclusivity. God is fighting for that exclusivity, and I hope we feel it. Because more than anything else in this world, God is crazy about you. And when you comprehend how much God loves us, you'll go crazy for Him. Why? Uh, why do we have volunteers serving the church Sunday in and Sunday out? Because we're paying them. I can't, we can't afford them because that devotion can we give our volunteers a hand yeah. we're proud of you thank you for beating us the yellow team I, I can't help it okay I, I don't want to move that in, in, in that direction okay I have the microphone by the way pastor hey, yeah. make a long story short it's, it's exclusivity because at the end of the day our volunteers are devoted to God this is how I serve God 
You know, uh, if after this gathering you will buy me a, a happy meal, of course with a toy, I, I, will, I will thank you. Thank you for buying me a happy meal. But if you, if you buy me the whole of McDonald's, I will hug you. But if you buy me all of McDonald's in, the, in, in this nation, I will worship you. Do you understand the levels of how I would respond and how you have expressed your generosity and your kindness to me? And the reason why you can't raise your hand because you know nothing about God. I'm not trying to judge people in this room. People that are listening in this podcast eventually are, 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 are my market. And I'm just kidding. I, do, I hope you understand that, that our, our worship to God has a lot to do with our understanding of what He has done for us. So if you're not raising your hand, I'm not here to judge you. If you can't come on time, if you can't open your Bible, that's how small God is to you. But if you have a big God, a God of the universe, a God who can do signs and wonders, who can heal your, 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 your son or your daughter, a God who is for you and, and not against you, a God who will do everything to let you know how in love He is with you, everything that you do is centered in worshiping and honoring Him. Worshiping an idol is not just about breaking God's law. Same pastor, same author. It is breaking God's heart. So more than just about following the commandments of God, more than just following what, what God has, has placed in His Word that we need to follow, do you understand that this is not just about following the law? It's having an affair with God. And if you have a relationship with the Lord, everything will fall in the right places. Same chapter, you shall not bow to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. The jealousy of God is not the worldly type of jealousy. In fact, there are two types of jealousy, worldly and godly. Worldly jealousy emerges when we lose someone's love over something. If we're preferred by someone over somebody, we get envious of those people. You call that selfish love. That we tend to compare ourselves with other people. How come he's good looking than I? How come he has more hairs than I? Don't look at me like that. Okay? How come, nung, nung pinaulan yung ilong, nakuha niya lahat? Ako tenga pa rin. There are a lot of things that, that we, because your goal is always for your own personal benefit and gain. That's worldly jealousy. Godly jealousy is that God is simply saying, okay, that He's willing to lose everything just to have you. That is His generosity. It's not for His own advantage. It is for your own advantage. Our own jealousy, is, it is always for our own benefit. God will do everything to protect the relationship that He has with you. This is why He's jealous. And He will do everything. Because He wants you to know that I exist for your protection. So if you are right now in a situation where you don't agree what's happening in your life, I want you to be reminded that probably that's for your own protection. God is trying to discipline you because He loves you. Five years ago, my son approached me. He was asking for a sports car and a shotgun. He was six then. I don't know for what reason, but I was tempted to give him. I'm just kidding. And nobody in his right mind would, would, would agree with his own son. Here goes the sports car and the shotgun. Go and serve the Lord. I mean, nobody will, will, will agree with me. Why? I love him. Am I envious that he has a sports car and a shotgun? No. 
and protecting Him from destroying our relationship. This is what I call godly jealousy. For worship grows in priority, fidelity, and lastly, intimacy. In order for us to grow in worship, intimacy should be a major component. And intimacy can only grow if we involve ourselves. You know, how to work on marriage is to work for it. How many, just like what I've mentioned, you're, you're, you're happily married. Just raise your hand for, for, for peace purposes. <laughs> you pretend, fake it until you make it, I'm happy. How many of you here will agree with me that you have to invest, you have to work to grow your marriage? You can't tell your spouse, let's not talk, let's not communicate. Can we just, can we just not live in the same house? Because my goal is for our marriage to work. Let's see for four years if this is working. And the reason why we can respond to God, that we can work our, our way into an intimate moment with God because God did it first. The Bible says, while we are still sinners, Christ, Romans 5.8. I just can't understand that. While we are still sinners, you shape up. I'll, I'll do something. Right? But while you're living in sin, Christ died for us. Isn't that great? I will never die for anyone. You shape up. I'll die for you. But Christ died long before because if you're ready to turn to God, you can access Him 24-7. This is why it is important that we do recognize that God will do everything to be intimate with you because there is a possibility that if you're not intimate with God, eventually you will be intimate with someone or something. And this is how an idol is entertained. And this is why it is important more than just your desire to be intimate with God is that you do understand that He loves you so much and He wants to get to know you. In fact, He knows you. He wants to develop a relationship with you, a growing one. True love cannot grow when we are unsure about God's feelings for us. It is my prayer that more than just working our way into the commands of God to be loved by God, is that we are sure that God loves us so much. We have an understanding, an illumination that this is the intention of God. This is why it is important for us to know the reason why you don't sin because you're intimate with God. Intimacy causes you to focus in the beauty of Christ, that you're so fascinated with who He is that you can just give in to whatever comes your way. They can displace God from the picture. Our fascination with God springs from how God is fascinated with us. And the Bible is clear with that. That you will only lose your fascination with sin when you're caught up with God. This is what intimacy does to us. This is why if you have a growing, running relationship with the Lord, and you're enjoying your relationship with Him, that you love Him because He first loved you. The Bible states clearly that you shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. There is a consequence if you choose to live your life on your own. Third and fourth, but this is the catch. But showing steadfast love to what? To third and fourth. Amen?
thousands. Isn't this a good deal? That God promises that if you choose to obey me and grow, that I am your priority. I am the God that you would want to serve loyally and faithfully. That you would want to grow in intimacy. The byproduct of this is that God will bless us and the people that will come after us. The scripture says you will be blessed. God has shown His love before He requires a response of love from us. This is why, if you take a closer look at the scripture, everything that God did, He did it first before He asked you to do it. This is why the gospel is powerful. That if you want to take part, there is a reason why you're taking part. Isn't this amazing that you're doing what you're doing because Christ did it first. This is why Christ showed His love on the cross while we are still sinners. But if you take a closer look of other gods and goddesses and our functional idols and saviors or our God's substitute, all of the gods wants to be served first. But the God of the universe went down and served all of us. A functional savior will always demand to be prioritized and patronized. Christ prioritized us and patronize us. An idol will demand to be served. But the Son of Man says in the book of Matthew, expresses himself in the book of Matthew, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Christ came not for his benefit. He came for your benefit. Everything that God did is for you and for you alone. I don't know and for the past few years, I have been doing my research as a pastor of the main reason why God would die for us. Because you're beautiful? Ah. Because you're good looking? Um, I don't think so. Because you're nice? I don't think. You're creative? No. There's, I don't know. I know it's love. But I just can't understand the basis of God. But one thing I know, he did it because he wants to prove that this is how I will love and serve you. Remember this, what you treasure will require you to sacrifice for it. All the gods are asking, sacrifice if you love me. Sacrifice if you want me. Jesus is the only treasure that was sacrificed for you and me. In my own way of saying, San Kapa, where do you want to throw your whole life and invest your whole life? And that is to serve the God of the universe. I am the Lord your God. Worship me and me alone because my love is exclusive and I want you in. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment that you came to serve us. Lord, I pray that every person in this room will come to our senses that there are things in our hearts that we idolize other than God. There are things in our lives that we patronize and prioritize that are standing in the way in a growing relationship with Christ. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, if you're saying right now, I have, a, I have an idol pastor in my heart. I want to surrender this to God. 
this will destroy me. Having God will build you. This will ruin me. Having God will help you know that He has a plan for you. Plan to prosper you, not to harm you. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, if there are things that you know, this is not God. And in fact, we're intelligent enough to quote it that this is this is for God in fact you can quote the scripture but you know in your heart that it is an idol so as you bow your heads and close your eyes you're saying pastor pray for me I want to surrender to God just raise your hand as high as you can just raise your hand right now Lord with the hands that are lifted high and if there are things God that you're dealing in our hearts and you're saying just just hand it and give it to me just let it go and just allow me to work with you it's more than just the God that stands in the way that prevents you from coming to me I want you to know that I came and sacrificed myself so I can be with you so Lord, with the hands that are lifted high, I pray that you cost them and give them the strength to unearth all the idols in our lives so that we can have a relationship with you. You can put down those hands right now. And before we end this gathering, I believe that the Spirit of God has been working in our hearts. And if this is your first time to be with us or probably you've been coming in and out but you know that you need God in your heart God wants you and he has a message for you this afternoon that this gathering is not an accident I have orchestrated this gathering so it is my desire to bring you in and take part of my love for you so as we bow our heads and close our eyes if you're saying right now I want to follow Christ. I want to start all over again. I want to start with a clean slate. If you want to start, you are in the right place. God wants to start with you. And you can only do that by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I want to invite you, if you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to pray this prayer after me. Say this after me as we bow our heads with the help of our leaders. If you want to follow Christ, you want to start all over again, say this after me. Jesus, say this after me. Jesus, thank you for this opportunity that you've given me. Today, Jesus, I accept you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. And I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I repent from all known sins. And I want to start all over again.